This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. for your word and Lord I just humble myself before you and I ask that you speak through me give to your people what they need here today in Jesus mighty name and all God's people said amen amen Amen. well I'm gonna put you on the fast track because we're continuing and I don't know how far I'm gonna get here today we have communion in a bit so we'll just kind of close it down and when we get close here for communion Uh, but we've been talking this is the second week excuse me in our series coming becoming unstuck unstuck And I subtitled this from mundane to meaningful. And our text has been 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 3.18. And it says, and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is that spirit? And that verse has been kind of mulling over in my spirit. I kind of wonder, okay, what does it mean? And <clears throat> what, what does it have to do with become, getting unstuck? And, and then the question is, how do we go from glory to glory? And actually, what does the word glory mean? Because if I said to you the word glory, probably different interpretations in here, and people have different understanding. Some of you remember back in the 60s and 70s, the word glory was said, glory. <laughs> and some of them would say it is Glory. And so there's different understandings when we talk about, but what is this verse talking about? And how do we go from glory to glory? Here's the thing. I said this last week. Going from glory to glory is not moving from one state of euphoria to another. Amen. And you say, well, what do you mean by that? It's not going from one state of being kind of lost in the spirit is a Christianese term that is some of you've been in church long enough where we just kind of, uh, I use the term we call chase manifestations. How many of you have ever heard that before? And Christians still do it today, God bless them. <clears throat> when they find out somewhere in the nation, they look and it's like, okay, where is the next outpouring? Like somehow God is not in the rest of the hundreds of thousands of churches in America or in the world, but only in that place. Can I get an Amen. I know I stepped on some toes right there, but it doesn't matter. <clears throat> and so God is in every church, in every congregation that's proclaiming the truth. I did say proclaiming the truth, amen, of Christ. He is. He's in different facets. And, and there's something about the presence of God can increase in a place as the people of God understand who they are in Christ and desire to live circumspect lives. Can I get an Amen. Amen. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. That is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That doesn't mean you all should be dancing in the bars on Friday night and coming to church raising your hands, praising the Lord on Sunday. Amen, Pastor Mike. There's something about living a circumspect life now that you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Boy, I don't think you all woke up here this morning. Amen. Going from glory to glory. What does it mean? It's kind of put a a quick definition here. To continually, someone show continually. Be changed into what you were created to be. God is a continual God. He doesn't just settle. The Bible says that in the beginning in Genesis, the spirit of God moved. The spirit of God is a moving spirit. 
He moves and he continues in our life. He doesn't just say, okay, it's great, you're saved. Uh, I'm moving on to other things. No, he desires and his, his heart and his intention is that we be conformed to the image of his son. Can I get an amen? To be changed continually and to be conformed into his likeness. There it is right there. It is increasing in the character and nature of God. And one thing that really it disturbs me, and I'm very concerned about this personally, is the older I get, I hope to be more spiritual. <laughs> but it doesn't happen a lot because what happens sometimes with older people? They get real cantankerous, you know, and they get crotchety. Come on now, you know, and they, have, they, they don't have time. I remember one time I, <laughs> not someone from this church, so you can just relax, okay? Outside, I was just ministering to this lady and, and uh, I had my daughter Destiny and <laughs> And Disney was just, she was just wee high and her feet couldn't touch, but she would move her feet like this and she would sometimes bump this lady who was an elderly lady and, and she would go, stop that, stop that. And Disney kind of stopped and Disney started up again and you know, she was just so fit to be tied, this lady. And I'm like, okay, sweetheart, just stop the moving of the legs. And we just have less and less tolerance of things as the older we get. I don't like that. I don't like that. I believe God's desire is that we are continually, we should ooze out the kingdom of God the older we get in him. Is that, is that, I mean, that's, I believe that's biblical. Amen? Not that we become a Christian, we get saved, and then we're less Christ-like the older we get. Something's wrong. Now, you, know, you may be in a mess when you started, but once I, like I said last week, we shouldn't start out as a mess and wind up when we die a mess. Come on now. As we go from glory to glory, can you say amen? And so it's increasing in that likeness in nature. And I said this, it's not always the case. And, and, and we talked about that, and I used the illustration of a Jeep and getting stuck in uh, and we just, uh, human nature just has this uncanny ability to, to get stuck in life circumstances and situations. And I said this, we all have a, a role, a, a part, a, a duty, if I can say it that way, without sounding legalistic, there's a duty. It says this, put on, somebody shout put on. That means if you can put on the new nature, you could not walk and put on the new nature. Amen. You put on that new nature and be renewed as you have learned to know your creator. Become like him. Put on. Actually, that word in the Greek means endo. It means to be clothed in the sense of sinking into a garment. Totally clothed. Sinking right into it. So you're totally immersed. And so there's times that we can put on that garment and there's times that we don't. Come on now. Amen. And so the scripture is telling us that there is a role that we play. And, and, and so we're talking about that. And last week we talked about people that get stuck. And sometimes it's a divorce. Sometimes it's a sickness. And maybe you're let go from work. And maybe it was a fragmented relationship and painful upbringing. Maybe there was abuse situation. And these are all understandable. And these are very painful, painful situations. And, and some people, they break out of that rut. And others, it's just very difficult. They get stuck in life. And when you get there and you show with them and you talk with them and you meet with them and, and it just seems like it's like you are stuck back a you know, whatever date it was. You have not progressed on there spiritually. And, and, and that's, that's not the heart of God. Amen? It's not the heart of God. And so for some... You know, uh, the reason they gave, gave, gave up is it, painfully obvious to those that escaped. In, in many cases, people, they just, they just give up. 
They just kind of, they quit. They, they, they haven't realized that really in life and, you know, whatever message that they, they were, you know, told that many times in life you have to push. You have to push through situations. And, you know, how many have ever seen a little baby chick come out of the egg? You ever seen that? And, and our, we had a farm that wasn't far from our house when we grew up and the Moors had farms and, and they had all these little lambs and people came around and they had chickens and uh, I, I just loved the, the animals and I would go over there and they had a heat lamp and all these eggs, they said they're gonna have these little baby chicks and, and so Mr. Moore's head was there and, and I was there, I think, I don't know who for my brothers and sisters were there and I don't know, I was probably maybe about 10 or eight and, and the baby chick's coming through but it had like a gel still on its head, you know, while it's coming through and so I leaned over and I peeled it off the baby chick, and he goes, you just killed that baby chick. And I went, what do you mean? Well, you know, you're not, you, the, the, that, that pressure and that fight for that baby chick to come out strengthens it for life. If you crack it and help it out, it's a weak chicken, and it's always going to be struggling with something. Some of you may not have known that. I thought, I killed that baby chick. You don't know, but he's like, leave them alone. They have to fight to get out. That's why God put a little oxygen tank in there. All right, come on now, Doug, by evolution, come on. However you figure that out, no oxygen tank, we would have no baby chickens, amen? He put a little oxygen tank, when they're tired, they get fresh air and they bust out. We serve a good God, amen? And so, so just quickly here, we talked about these last two last week, I won't spend a lot of time. When we get stuck in life, people, that they just accept their situation? I can't change, there's nothing really I can do. They beat themselves up. And they just give up. They give into despair. And they accept the false notion that there's nothing else for them. This is my lot in life. This is my lot in life. And, but, but God's put a dream in each of our hearts. Amen. But you know, let me just preface that. Uh, you know, living in America, sometimes we just think that, ah, how, do I, how do I say this? Help me, Lord. That, we, that our dreams are so grandiose. How many of you know that as a mother to stay home and raise your kids is a godly thing? And say, so, oh, you know, really? I mean, to me, though, when I see a family and I see the kids that are serving the Lord or love God, albeit not perfect, but there's, there, there's a heart there. I went, that is success. That is success. So you can have all the money in the world, all the influence, all the titles you want, but to, to raise a family and, and, and to instill in them, I mean, what, how, how far have we digressed from what the true picture of success is? Amen. So they accept their situation. And we talked about how that, uh, the Bible says, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is our strength. And, and we talked about creatures of habit, how the Bible says that you are not your own. You were bought with a price. And, 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 you know, there are good habits. There are bad habits. And, and, and those bad habits, they're unhealthy tendencies. They make us feel stuck. I kind of ended off with this. Our behaviors hold natural consequences. And it is by God's grace that he allows us to feel, at times, the weight of our sin. You say, what do you mean, pastor? I think at times we need to ponder whether coveting, maybe expensive things, is really going to fill us up or going to deplete us. How many of you have ever bought something, you've, you've thought about it, you dwelled upon it, and you thought, I gotta have that. Come on now. And then when you have that, that moment... Now, because of social media, we click, 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 let everyone know, whoo, you know, we got it. It really means nothing. Amen. And, and then, then, then the 30 days, the payment of that comes. Now we're mad. <laughs> we don't really like that that we wanted. We something else. Come on now. How many with me say amen? And so we need to consider how things even go into our body. Amen, pastor. Keep going. 
will make us feel in the future. I mean, if you pig out on a gallon of ice cream, chocolate, syrup, mm, you know, bananas with that, mm, and some nuts, amen. Yeah, whatever. How are you going to feel in the morning? <laughs> some of you think, I don't care. <laughs> I know human nature in the flesh. There are consequences. But hear me, watch this. God's word is the key to overcome all bad habits. Whether it's thoughts, words, or deeds. The Bible says in James 4, 7 that we are to submit ourselves to God. We are to resist the devil and he will flee from you. We are to draw near to God and he will draw near to us. The Bible says we are to cleanse our hands, he says, you sinners, and purify our hearts You double-minded. Our part. What is our part? Submit, draw near, cleanse, and God has a part to play. Amen? Amen. Well, let's just move on see how far we get here. Another thing when people get stuck in life is they avoid risks. Risks. Now, those of you who know me, uh, I'm not the type of guy that's going to just jump off a bridge because I'm terrified of heights as it is. You know, do something crazy. I'll talk about that in a moment, but uh, I have at times passed, but I calculate. I calculate, all right, my risks. And some of you just kind of jump, okay, you know, and you just go. It's just, you know, different, different personalities. But John Piper, he said this, it is better to lose your life than waste it. That regist- Let me say that one again. He said this, it's better to lose your life than waste your life. Lose your life for what? For God's kingdom, his purposes, than just waste your life. A lot of people don't agree with that. Why? Because they just waste their life on themselves and not God and his purposes. <clears throat> Ecclesiastes 11, 1 through 6 says, ship your grain across the sea. After many days, you may receive a return. It says, invest in seven ventures. Yes, in eight. You do not know what disaster may come upon the land. What Christians read and they only see is the last part there. Come on now. You do not know what disaster may come on the land. I grew up with this for 40 years. And in Christ is coming any moment. 666, the beast. They're going to pound something on my head or my right hand. And I can't buy any. Come on now. In any moment, he's coming. I've heard this for 40 years. Let me tell you something. Jesus is coming back for his church, amen? But he's not coming back where Satan rules this earth. He's going to overcome. He's going to overcome. The church will overcome. It doesn't mean things won't get worse and, and, and get more difficult. But, but you know, here's the thing. Uh, and, and that's why I think a lot of people, that, that they, they only focus. It says invest in ventures. You know, say yes in eight, seven, eight. You don't know what's going to happen. If you look to the wind, the Bible says, you won't sow. It's going to be bad. Economy's going down. I'm telling you, it's going to tank. Better save up what you have. And that's what Christians do. They live in fear. But you know what I do in those times? I built my third or fourth house in the worst time to do that. It was in 2008 when the economy crashed. Banks, come, come on now, they all held back. You couldn't, you know, unless you had great credit, you couldn't build. I built my, I said, you know what, I'm building my house then. Boy, I had so many savings to build that house because nobody was doing it. They were fearful. Come in with me, say amen. And, and, and so if you look around and just think it's all, it's all coming down, it's all going down, you will live your life, you will not take risk, amen, and you won't further what's in your heart because you're afraid. I'm going to lose. I'm going to lose. Wow. He said, well, I know of a person that, you know what, there's a million in one of those situations, but what has God told you to do to step out, take a rest, regardless of what's going on? Regardless, I think uh, Dr. Paul Young Cho, he, he was called to, to build his new church building and 
Boy, when I read this, I shudder. I shudder when I read this story. And, and what happened was the economy collapsed. And he started, he, that's when he started building. And what happens is his funds were down and they couldn't pay the contractor. So he would, think of this, he would drive into church, the pastor, and they would stone his car, the contractors, stoning him. I, I don't want that, okay? <laughs> so we really calculate our risks, but they would stone him. And he got to the point, it was just a steel structure that was up. He put a rope up, he climbed up to the top to hang himself. This is Dr. Pong Cho. He has a church of over a million people today. And he put a rope, he put it around his neck. He got in a big fight with his wife, so mad at her. And he puts this rope in and he's ready to jump out and hang himself in the church building. And the Lord said, who's going to clean up your mess? And he goes, yeah, you're right, I better go. Takes it off, what do I do, Lord? And I find it interesting, of this phenomenal church building, his building, the Lord said, go home and make it right with your wife. And he did. And the rest is history. But, but you know, so we all go through difficult times. And, and you know, yeah, we can, you know, try to calculate our risk. But the truth of the matter is, is God is wanting us to get out of the boat. Amen. Amen. And not live in fear. Live our life in what, the next thing that's going to come down the pike on the news. And who's doing what with Iran? And what is Israel going to do? You know what? Wars will be happening. Destruction will happen. And the kingdom of God will go forth. The kingdom will go forth. And you got to just not be fear-filled in that. And so, so here's the thing. Both the Bible and experience teach us that safety is a myth. I mean, you cannot put enough padlocks on your door, enough bars on your windows to keep you from having a heart attack. Isn't that right? You can. I mean, you can try all you want. And, 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 and uh, society works on that fear. It works on that fear. There is no guarantee that anybody's going to live another breath. There's no guarantee. I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer here, but it, it, that's, that's a reality. What does it mean? Risk means the potential for failure, and failure is painful. People who get stuck are afraid of being hurt. They are afraid of failing. Amen, Pastor Mike. We talk about avoiding risk. In other words, if you don't try, then you never fail, right? Or if you never fail, then you won't get hurt, or so the thinking goes. That's so true. And what happens is, my brothers and sisters, we imprison ourselves in our own safe little cocoon and we never step out of it. And because we can, you know, if we do, then, you know, if we never step out, we're never going to get hurt. And, and really, you're not really living. You're not really living. Amen. And so let me just touch on this here and get off of this little soapbox. Personally, I think life-threatening risks for sheer pleasure is just not worth it to me. I'm just telling you right now. It may be for you. I mean, I wouldn't skydive just for, for the fun. And I know many of you have done that. And woo, you know, it's fun. And traveling over 100 and, well, for the normal person, 120 miles an hour, mine would be 250. Um, <laughs> why? I wouldn't, you know, hang glide or anything. Because one simple, simple, simple little reason is that uh, you have one bad malfunction, you're dead. <laughs> oh, you know, it's just that, and, and I'm terrified of heights. I got a brother-in-law, Inky, and he, some of you have met him, a wonderful guy. He's opposite personality to me, and he's always, when I, if I don't see him for nine months or talk to him, he's like, what's up? And he's just there hugging, and, you know, we just pick up right where we, I, I love relationships like that. And, and so we can just hang out and all that. Well, we were time we were doing Six Flags in Texas, and they had the new roller coaster, the Texas High, or whatever you want to call it. Not doing it. Not doing it. Inky, no, he was wearing me out. He was wearing me out. We're going to do it. He's this outgoing saying, come on. 
fine. You know, I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. I said, Inky, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to throw up. I'm going to get sick. I said, my head, I, I can't do this. I'm going to be sick all day because of this one ninety-second ride. And we just started off, let's do it. Let's do it. He so badgered me. I went, fine, okay, okay. So I got on it and screamed. <laughs> it, went, it went down and you couldn't see and then you kind of came back. It was that, ah, 90 seconds. We were done. We were both sick. Oh, man, he's throwing up. I'm like, see, I told you. He goes, oh, my head hurts. I'm like, you did this to me, you devil. <laughs> Hallelujah. I still love him. He's awesome. <laughs> Anyhow, so, but, but it's like, I, I don't do those kind of things. I just, you know, say, oh, you're not living. You know what, let's just let me. But you know what? I, I would support, watch this now, jumping out of plane, parachute, in order to accomplish some great things for the kingdom of God. Right, let me, I just painted this little picture, some sacrificial goal. Let's just say there are 20, 30 young women that were used in sex trafficking in northern Sri Lanka, and they escaped, and they're living in some abandoned area up in the mountains, and they're starving, and they need rescue, they need medical help, and the only way in is, is a halo jump, a high altitude, low opening, or what the military calls a free fall, and, and that's the only way in, and you got to bring supplies. Hand me that parachute, I'm going. Why? Because I'm going to take that risk to help someone else. What are you saying, Pastor Mike? The gospel is underneath my readiness to risk by faith. That's what we're talking about when we talk about risk. The gospel. And you know, why risk foolish things for just being foolish? Amen? But you know, when I'm flying at 40,000 feet in the air at 600 miles an hour in a little aluminum can... I get nervous at times. I've kind of got to adjust, you know, and, but I, there, there's something deeper than that moment. It's the kingdom of God. And the greatest stories of my life have been the times of laying down my life, sacrificing, going on the mission field. My wife would attest that, and some of you have been on there, whether locally, stateside, whether, you know, in this hemisphere or another hemisphere. Some of the stories, we got Caleb right here. I got some awesome stories with Caleb in Sri Lanka. and just. But you know what? It's rich. My life is so much full because I took a risk. Some of you are looking. Oh, you know, I want, I want an exciting life. An exciting life comes from risking for God. That's exciting life. I believe risk-taking is directly tied to faith. And some people, yeah, they take risk as arrogant, foolish, glory-seeking way. We're not talking about that. John Piper, he says this. He says, the only way to rightly take a risk that honors Christ is to say, I love you. I trust you. I believe you're in control. Only you can provide the strength to do this, and only you will govern the outcome. I am willing to walk into this risk for the kingdom purposes and for your glory. Because I am trusting you. The reason I can trust you is because you died for me and you rose for me. The gospel is underneath or should be underneath our readiness to risk by faith. Amen? Amen, church? Everything in this life is a risk. And you're only give, given two options. Two options. You either take the risk and expect results or you don't take the risk and expect nothing. So I would encourage you, let's not be procrastinators, amen? Procrastinators. And God uses people who are willing to, to get out of their comfort zone. He uses people who are willing to take risks, amen? Amen. Stand with me if you would, please. That's about what we get have here for today. And maybe you could bring it up to the last slide on communion. 
And I just want to briefly share this as, as they prepare for communion. This was on my heart when I thought, okay, what are some of the things that keep people stuck? How, how do we get unstuck? You know, we'll get into that, Lord willing, in the weeks to come. But just for communion here, this really spoke to me as I was studying this over the last six, eight weeks and just thinking about uh, uh, this communion, communion time. And one of the main reasons I found that we get unstuck, and I'm speaking from personal in my own life, is through humility and forgiveness. Can we just say those two words? Say humility and forgiveness. You know, the scripture, I, there's a huge sticking pit for believers is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. And it's a huge hindrance to us all in our faith. In our faith. Romans 12, 18 says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Well, you can read into that and say, you know what, some people just can't be at peace with. I get that. But you ought to try to do your part. Amen? John 13, 34 and 35. A new commandment I give unto you, love one another as I have loved you. So also you must love one another. By this all men will know you are my disciples if you love one another. Matthew 6, 14 and 15. It's actually from the Amplified Bible. Just take a moment to read that. For if you forgive others their trespasses, watch this, their reckless and willful sins, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, nurturing your hurt and anger with the result that it interferes with your relationship with God, then your Father will not forgive your trespasses. Matthew 5, 38 to 40. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Punishment that fits the offense. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person who insults you or violates your rights. But whoever insults you, one translation says slaps you on the right cheek. It actually means insulting you like a slap. Turn towards the other also. Simply ignore insignificant insults or trivial losses and do not bother to retaliate. Maintain your dignity, your self-respect, and your poise. Wow. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let them have your coat also, for the Lord repays the offender. Almost done. Romans 12, 17 and 19. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Carefully consider what is right in the eyes of everybody. If is it possible on your part, once again, live at peace with everyone. Do not, get this one right here, do not avenge yourselves, beloved, but leave room for God's wrath. And the reason we try to avenge ourselves is we don't trust God will judge that situation, so we need to. And that is sin. That is sin. Do not avenge yourselves, beloved, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine and I will repay, says the Lord. I'm going to end with this. We're going to receive communion. When my wife and I, we left for Boston to come out here and finally made the step, and I had peace about that, <clears throat> even though there was, was a lot of unknowns, and I grew up in a large Italian family, and so somebody's always in some type of conflict with somebody. It's just the way it is. You know? Oh, they're mad at me. Or, oh, you know, they took me off. And so I just told my wife, I said, you know, we, we, need to, we need to leave Massachusetts with nothing attaching me to that. Come on now. No cords. I, I, want, I want it cut off, and I don't, I don't want any issue. 
And so we went to everybody, everybody. And we walked and said, I just want to ask for your forgiveness. I didn't mean to say this or whatever, and please forgive me. My wife and I, she was there. And sometimes my wife, she was like, well, we didn't do anything in this situation. Yeah, yeah, she's right, but it doesn't matter. Somebody has to act like Jesus. I don't mean that in a pious way. Come on now. I'm talking about humbling, especially for husband and wife situation or kids, whatever. God has called up us up higher. Amen. Amen? And so we just went to each of them, hugged them, and typically in that situation, oh, no, everything's good. We're all good. But I did my part. Come on now. And when we left, we left. And nothing was holding me back there. Come on now. And, and so as we're about to receive communion, I want to ushers come forward and maybe they can position the communion elements. I, I want this to be in your mind. Some of us are stuck because we have never, it's like, it's almost like the worst thing in the world is to say, I'm sorry. Why is that so hard? Please forgive me. The only thing that would be would be a spirit of pride. Amen, Pastor Mike. He's really preaching now. Amen. I'm telling the truth. If you cannot apologize, you have a spirit of pride that is resisting. And you need to, the only way out to get unstuck is humility, is repentance. Call that dad, call that uncle, call that whatever, write a letter, whatever it is. Or, you know, sometimes, you know, it needs to be face to face if you can, if it's not a hostile situation. And please, we're not talking about crazy stuff here. We're just talking about simple living life stuff. Amen. We want to be a church that honors God. And I know what it's like to be in that gall of bitterness. I understand that. Release it and let it go. Let me pray for you. You're here this morning as a pastor. I, I just don't feel free. I need to be free. Today's a great day for you to get right with God. A great day for you to come in right relationship. So what do I need to do? Surrender your heart to God. Ask for forgiveness. Invite Christ in, and he will save you. Let's pray together. Say with me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, save me. Fill me with your spirit. I give you my life. Now take it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times and meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.